Yes. And it, it would have to be the ladies' restroom. Uh, we have uh, ladies, uh, if and when you need to use the restroom, there is an ant infestation in, our restroom, in the ladies' restroom. Uh, I am aware of that. Uh, we do have uh, that situation in hand, but uh, we, we won't have pest control here until uh, Tuesday. So uh, we've, we've, we've taken patchwork measures. <laughs> uh, you don't have to, it's not a horror movie. You don't have to worry about going in there. Uh, uh, but just know that we are aware of, if you see an ant or two, uh, Marty uh, graciously this morning, uh, went in there and went into battle uh, to make it a more manageable situation for you. But I uh, just wanted to give you a heads up so that you know beforehand what you're getting into before you go in there. And uh, it's going to be all right, you know. You, you, you're you're going to see a victory, all right? <laughs> the Lord has won that battle already for you, so... Uh, we apologize for that inconvenience, and uh, it'll it'll be resolved before services next week. All right. Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 17, and that's where we'll start this morning. As I uh, as you're doing that, I'll open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your Word, Father God. Uh, we 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 thank you, Father God that your word is truth. And Father, as we enter into your word, we do it, I pray that we do it with humility. Father God, with a clear conscience, with a pure heart, to receive your word with an attitude to being a doer of it, to your glory, and that it may bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 17, I'll read the first five verses and we'll proceed from there. And it reads, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. Don't you know, I just love Peter. I mean, it's, it's almost like Jesus doesn't know this is a good thing. He's going to declare it just in case you don't know. Lord, it's good, to, it's good that we're here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. In that last verse, in that last line, uh, is really summed up the title of this message today, which is Listen to Jesus. Now, this is an amazing thing that while he had 12 
inner circle disciples. We had 12 disciples that, that he called out to follow him specifically. He only took three of them to this event. All right? He took three of them. Peter, James, and John. So it, he had a purpose in this. He was transfigured in front of them. Of course, who wouldn't marvel at this? It, 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 just take a look at his appearance. Shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, two great men of God who had long, who'd done great things in God, but had long been gone. But they appeared before, talking with Jesus. And Peter did what we often do. When we see things happen before our eyes, when, when, when God does something new and transformational, he's, he's trying to show us something. He's trying to speak something to us. But in that snapshot moment, we get our own read and we decide that there is something that needs to be done here. And if you're a doer, I'm not going to, uh, uh, you know, that, that's a good, if you have a good work ethic, if you're a, a get things done type of person and you're moving and you're always moving and shaking, you know, you're a salesman or something, God made you that way. But we have to learn, we have to learn to take a moment, even when things are happening, even when there's something new and transformational, we have to learn to, to, to wait on the Lord. Incline our ears to hear what God is saying in this moment. Because if we're not careful, we'll get a quick read and we'll start having thoughts and start making quick decisions out of a move of God that isn't really what God wants us to do. I love Peter, so don't take this the wrong way. I'm not beating up on Peter. This, I, thank God I can learn from him. He didn't do anything that was sin here, but notice right after Peter said this, God spoke from heaven. And I look at this, this is the way I, my mind works. God, God spoke from heaven. And what he said, pretty much, it's not in there. This is the Cornell, Pastor Cornell version. Of Ed. He's like, be quiet and listen. I love you, Peter, but this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This, there's only one Jesus. And there, there, there's a lot of people speaking. There's a lot of things that speak to you but there's one you ought to be listening to. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And we're going to be talking about different ways we can, we can do that and grow in that as the message uh, progresses. You know, Romans 10 verses 16 and 17 say this. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, 
Who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Why did I put that verse there? To me, those dots connect seamlessly. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Hear him. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing him. I hope you're hearing that. I didn't hear an amen, but that's where faith comes from. The word of the Lord. Hearing the word of truth. Believing the word of truth. Having a conviction and assurance in what Christ has spoken and walking in obedience to God according to that truth. We can believe in a lot of things, but it ain't faith if it ain't Christ. Are you hearing me? Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So faith comes from hearing the word. The word. Hebrews 4.12 says this. For the word of God is not just words on a page. It's not just a manuscript. It's not just something to read and memorize. It, it's, it's something that is living and active. The word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word is alive. It's living. It's relevant. It's active. You know, I am reminded of, I didn't give them the verse, but John chapter 1, if you can read the first 14 verses of there, in the beginning was the word, in the beginning was, you know, what in the beginning was the word, the word was with him, the word was God, you know, and at the end, it says in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld him. We held his glory to the only begotten of the Father. The word became flesh. Jesus was the living embodiment of the word. His ministry lasted three years on this word. We had him with us. He was living. He was active. Everything he said and did was in accordance with the word. Every word of truth he spoke and the manifestation of the power of God, the move of the Spirit of God, all of that didn't die with Jesus. All of that is available for the church today. It is still the same living and active word. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we've got to choose this day what we believe. Are we going to believe what the word says and, and we're going to govern our lives accordingly or are we going to continue to believe in all those things that are contrary to it? As uh, uh, Brother Wood said, are we, are we going to allow a little poop in? 
Are we going to believe the pure word of God or are we going to intermix poop that doesn't belong in there? I don't want poop in my brownies. I don't want poop in the word or in my faith. Let's read on. Uh, I just wanted to add those two verses before we read those uh, next four in Matthew 17, verses 6 through 9. When the disciples heard this, now this is God speaking from heaven. He spoke from heaven like this when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, didn't he? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he does it here when Jesus is transfigured before Peter, James, and John. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one of the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. That, that by itself could be a message. And... And, and while I'm tempted to go there, I'll only say this, that God has a perfect timing for everything. As I've said many times before, Jesus had a specific purpose for coming on this earth in the ministry that he walked in for those three years. But, but he came on this earth to die for sinners, to conquer sin and death. Uh, as Paula said, to crush Satan's head. To redeem mankind from bondage to sin and death. He came for an eternal purpose. But the, the people didn't understand it, even the disciples didn't understand it because they saw him as, as someone who could do who could get them out from under the hand of Roman government and, and, and do things that are in the world. But his kingdom was not of this world. He came with the gospel of the kingdom. And he came with a salvation that was an eternal salvation, not a temporal one. And I believe that's why he told them what he told them. He's like, look, you would think he'd want something this amazing to be known but no, I think if you told, if they told that story, oh my gosh. The purpose and plan of God would have been, uh, God's plan can't be perverted, but people's hearts would have, and minds would have been perverted and not have received him how he ought to have been received. If they tell this after he's died and resurrected, it's more confirmation. At that point, Everybody knows that he's the Messiah of his followers, right? Everybody knows he was dead, he died, but on the third day, he rose again. And so they're contemplating this, him conquering the cross, him conquering death, him conquering hell. He has proven through God's resurrection of him, he's proven to be the son of God, the Messiah. And at that point, it's obvious that the whole purpose for him coming was greater than what we thought, than what was thought at the time. So this can be viewed or seen or received in proper context if it's told after his resurrection. 
I, I hope that makes some level of sense. I don't want to get it too, I don't want to get derailed on that one, but, but I thought it was important to say something there. So how do we grow in this discipline of hearing the Lord? Because make no mistake about it, it is a discipline. It is something that we're going to have to pursue, something that we're going to have to desire, something that we're going to have to learn how to do and, and be willing to grow in. Because it's not something that we do instinctively. It's not our natural nature. But it's, but it's God's will for us, and we're going to have to honor him in, in, uh, in obedience here. Uh, first of all, how do we grow in this discipline? We grow in this discipline through another discipline called prayer. And as I bring that up, prayer is not a mere suggestion. It's not something that's a nice thing to do. It's vitally important that we have a daily prayer time. Set apart, sanctified, and set apart a specific time of day that we go before God. And, and that's not, whether you're an early morning person or you are an evening person, you know, get it in where you can get it in, but get it in. But in addition to that specific time, we need to get to a point where we're praying throughout the day. I'm not saying we're being monks and that's and we're always in prayer position and so forth. Well, you can pray while you drive. You can pray while you work. You know, you can remember the things that you, that God has spoken to you earlier in that morning. You can continue to meditate on those things and, and pray the promises of God concerning those things. We don't have to do it 24-7, but we have to be mindful to be continual in prayer. Uh, Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 say this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. When I think about that, you're asking. Now, we'll learn as we get, as we grow in it, that we're not just taking a laundry list of wants to God and, and pointing out things on the menu and just telling God to serve us. One good discipline to start as far as prayer is concerned is you can start every day opening up your prayer with the Lord's Prayer. before you even get to what your needs are, all right? You're starting off with our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. That's that you, you, you start off there, you're acknowledging him as father in heaven. Holy is his name, right? You're saying, Lord, before I even, before I even give you what I, my specific needs, Father God, I'm going to express my desire that your will be come to pass on earth as it is in heaven. 
I'm going to prioritize your will over mine. I'm also realizing that I'm a flawed individual. Forgive me my trespasses, Father. But, but forgive me as I am walking in obedience to you, to your word, which tells me to do the same thing. Forgive my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. That's a good place to start. If, you're, if you've not been much in the way of prayer or you're not sure what to pray, you know what? Start right. I'll give you that as a starting place. And God already knows your needs. So you can take those needs and those burdens to him, give it to him, express it however way you know how to express it. And just acknowledge that God... These are real issues, but I'm entrusting these to you. And I would say this, because I was guilty of this for many years. I had a practice of going to God with A, B options. Do I do this or that, God? And I thought I was being humble in that. Do I do this? Should I do this or should I do that? But I, I've learned over time so God, what is your will here? Because the options available may not be A and B, the A and B that I can see. You may not, you may want to work outside of the realm of what I understand. Again, I'm not beating up on you if that's you. This is out of my own experience where I would go to God and say, okay, God, I didn't realize I had already predetermined that I'm going to do this or that. Which one should I do, God? And I want, I want to point out the possibility in that situation, because I know it was real in my situation a lot of times. Neither one of them was God's plan. I wanted one of them to be, in most cases I really wanted one particular one of them to be, But God in his mercy helped mature me in that area to real, not approach God as though I've got this thing figured out and I know what the options are. All I need you, God, is to point out which one of these options is the right one. Does that make sense? When we're going to God, we need to just be open just fully open and surrendered in our hearts to him. God, you know the issue. Uh, uh, I see some options before me. I'm not sure which way to go. But I know you're faithful and I know I can entrust you to lead me and to guide me in the way that I should go. And if there is a path here, if the way of escape is different from the ones that I can see, then Lord, show me that way. That I may walk in obedience to you in a way that gives you glory. So in our asking, you know, asking, that's praying. Uh, 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 seeking, 
you know what? We're not necessarily seeking an answer to prayer. I would say our seeking should be seeking the face of the Lord. As we're, act, as we're asking and, and we're letting God know what our needs and what our issues are, we're doing that in the process of seeking him. Because we're in relationship with him. Let's remember we're approaching our heavenly father. We're approaching him on the basis of relationship. We're seeking him a closer and more intimate relationship with him. We're not just praying, here's what my needs are. Talk to you later when I, when I have a, with an updated list. Knocking. I think that one of the things that implies is we're, 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 we're persisting. Ask, seek, knock. There's promise here in the verse 8. If you ask, anyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, it will be opened. So prayer. The second one is scripture. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17 say, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I've already alluded to this earlier. But we've got to settle the issue that all scripture, not just the ones that are our favorite ones, all scripture is breathed out by God and it's profitable. It is scripture that's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And the purpose of it is that the man and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I think I mentioned it last week. Don't fall for this, for this narrative that there are so many conflicts in the scripture and those things that will try to undermine your faith and, and make you uh, question the perfect law of liberty. The infallibility of the word of God. All scripture is God breathed. And it's all beneficial for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And I believe that if God, what the scripture says, it let God be true and everyone else a liar. God's word, every word of scripture came from God. Are you hearing me? James 1, verses 19 to 21 say this. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. Now, I want y'all to pay attention to this. Let every person be quick to what? 
hear. Slow to what? Hmm. Slow to? (laughs) For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You know, we look at this and we all have these disputes and I don't know what the temperature is, but I am sweating up here. But we often go through relationship conflicts, familial conflicts, societal conflicts, <laughs> you know, all kinds of things. And we've got to decide who we represent in each of those situations. I really want to emphasize this because we don't think about it in the moment, which is why we've got to, it's important for us to adopt the disciplines of prayer and the discipline of getting into God's word and knowing what God's word of truth is. The more we do that, the more it'll begin to influence our heart, our attitudes, the more it'll begin to influence the way we process things and the way we behave and respond in situations, all right? Because out of the heart, comes all of those attitudes. Out of the mouth, whatever comes out of the mouth flows from the heart. Right? What is this for? I'm just just messing with you. I'm sorry. I'm going to let everybody here self-analyze on that. Where you stand in this. But this is But this scripture is not just uh, a suggestion. This is is the heart of God for us. Let every person, particularly those of us who are following Christ, be quick to hear. Now we started off with God speaking from heaven to Peter, James, and John. When they, see it, when they saw the Lord transfigured and said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. Right? And here we have James saying, let every person be quick to hear, quick to listen. Slow to speak. Now, did Peter exemplify that in, 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 in Matthew 17? When he saw Moses and Elijah, and he saw Jesus transfigured, he was what? Quick to speak. And so God just said, no, 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 no. Slow to speak. This is my beloved son. Hear him. But we're going to have to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And then he tells us why on the anger Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We ought to want to produce the righteousness of God in our response. We don't want to react. We want to respond in a way that gives glory to God. But how many of you know if we are not quick to hear, if we're slow to hear and quick to speak, more than likely we're going to have a short fuse and we're going to be quick to anger, aren't we? 
And then we're going to have the anger of man in operation. And, and I don't know what that's going to produce, but one thing it won't produce is the righteousness of God. I'm just going through here. Um, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You know, why did I put that there? I, I put this here because... These things are, are, are very, very, very important. And, and, and when we pray, we need to make stuff like this uh, focuses of our prayer. I mean, there's a lot of external things that we can be praying about, and we ought to do that. We're going to have the National Day of Prayer. We're, we're going to be focusing on that. But when it comes to our daily prayer, we can't let the external things distract from the work that God is doing in us individually. And we're going to need to humble ourselves before God and invite him to do that work. All right? And, and not, not just that, but we're going to have to, in our prayer, needs to demonstrate a pursuit, okay, of obedience of those things that God has spoken to us in his word. If God wants me to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, then that is something that I ought to be in obedience toward. That's something I ought to be pursuing. I need, he wants me to be quick to hear because God is always speaking. But we don't always hear him because we're not always listening. He wants us to listen to him. A lot of the things that we're running off half-cocked on, we're, we're running out because because we're passionate about these things, a lot of times we're not, we were, we were slow to listen, quick to speak, and we shot off before God had a chance to speak to us. And we're acting, and we're passionate, and we're fervent in those things. Uh, we're frustrated oftentimes because we're expecting a certain result, but we're not getting God's result because we didn't take time to listen to him so that we can hear him and go in, and go out in obedience to him. God is always speaking, but we're not always hearing. And we're not always hearing because we're not always listening. That's why we need to be disciplined and, 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 and be intentional in our prayer. God, I want to be a follower of Jesus who is quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I want to be a follower of Jesus in verse 21. I want, I want to be, I want to put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. And I want to receive with meekness the implanted word. I want the word to be implanted in my heart on good soil. I want to receive it with meekness, which is able to save my soul. Are you hearing that? And it's, this is not glamorous. It's not fun, but it is where the real work happens, right? It, it is important to us in our walk with the Lord that we realize how, uh, uh, how, how critically important it is for us to put our attention 
to these things. Are you one who is quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger? Don't answer out loud. We talked about the Lord's Prayer being a good base, foundation. Uh, There are a bunch of scriptures that are just as uh, effective as this one, but it's the one I chose uh, in James 1. Uh, As far as uh, what we can make a focus of our prayer as it pertains to us in our walk with the Lord. Uh, Those next few verses, 22 to 25, says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You're deceiving yourselves if you think you can be a hearer and not a doer of God's word. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no longer, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So prayer scripture we're going to have to be diligent in our prayer diligent in our scripture reading of scripture and then we're going to have to have a full hearted intent of being a doer of God's word we don't just want to know what God's word says we want to receive it and we want to implement it and put it into action I want to, one final scripture here is uh, Psalm 145, verse 18. And this kind of sums up why I uh, brought in scripture in reading the word of God. It's just, I, I love the whole chapter, but this one verse kind of isolates it. The Lord is near to all who call on him. I hope that's a source of comfort and encouragement to you. When you're calling on the Lord, he's nearer than you may feel he is. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in what? Truth. And what is truth? The word of God. So when we are calling on the Lord... We need to know what the word of God says so we can pray in truth. When we are endeavoring to to hear God, when we hear God, we need to know God's word because when Jesus speaks to us, he's going to speak word. Well, when we call on the Lord in prayer, let's make sure to call on him in truth. When you call on the Lord, let's truly seek his will and direction for our lives on a daily basis. It goes back to that A-B 
prayer that I uh, referenced earlier. But let's truly seek his will and direction for our lives, and let's do it on a daily basis. I believe God's word accomplishes God's purposes. Regardless of the vessel, how eloquent, how, how eloquent or not the message is uh, 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 delivered, God's word, if we have an open heart to receive, God's message penetrates in the way that we need it to in order to help us along in our walk with him. I don't know if all or any part of this message really resonated with you. That's between you and the Lord. The simple message here is in the title, Listening, Listen to Jesus. What I endeavored to do was to connect some dots and show a correlation of what's needed in order for us to be able to listen to him effectively. How is it that we come to know and be familiar with the voice of the Lord? How is it that we get to know if and when it is God that is speaking to him? Well, to me, it's very simple. Jesus is not going to speak to you in a manner that is contrary to his word. So if we want to hear Jesus and know that we're hearing Jesus, then we're going to have to be fluent in his language, <laughs> the word. But we're going to have to be disciplined in our Bible study. We're going to have to be disciplined in our reading of, of, his, of his word. And, and, and as, we, as we're going into his word, we got to realize that word is living and active, which means Jesus, when, when, we, when we read the word of God, it, it, it can speak to us right where we're at. As though Jesus was sitting in front of us it, it, it is living, it's active, it, 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 it accomplished right in that situation what God set it out to accomplish. Whatever we need to hear in that moment, the Spirit of God will speak, but it will only speak the Word of God. So if you want to hear the Lord, you're going to have to get into His Word. If you want to hear the Lord and know that you're hearing the Lord, you're not only going to have to get in his word, but you're also going to have to be consistent in going before him in prayer. Our discipline and our diligence in those areas, the fruit of that will be in those moments, those unexpected moments, uh, in the everyday issues of life, when things happen, we'll, we'll be able to hear God because we've disciplined ourselves 
to be able to do it. We don't have to, the situation doesn't have to be perfect. We'll be able to uh, bear fruit in those moments and hear Jesus because we practiced it. We've done those things that make us able to hear him when it matters. Uh, does that make sense? You know, I'm a former athlete. We didn't just show up on the game day and play. There were workouts that we did throughout the week. There was game planning for this week's opponent. There were scouting reports that we had to study the tendencies of that week's opponent. And to the extent that we were disciplined in applying ourselves in those areas, it dictated how effective we were going to be in battle when the game arrived. If we took for granted all that preparatory work, then we were going up against an enemy that was more prepared than us. And in situations where we should have been able to succeed, we will fail and it may cost our team the game. Doesn't it make sense that that's the same the same applies in our, in our everyday walk. These scriptural principles, uh, the, uh, there's a reason Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. There's a reason the scripture tells us that we ought to be fervent and persistent in prayer. That we ought to be fervent and persistent in the study of God's word. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. There's a reason that we are commanded to persist in those things. Hearing God in the midst of our everyday walking in the face of our challenges is not something that just happens. It's a product of our walking diligently in obedience to the Lord. In prayer, in the study of his word, In the power of the Spirit of Almighty God. Can I, I'm going to ask you to stand. Father God, to you be all the glory and honor and praise. Father, we we face so many situations in this world and, and uh, we just thank you that you crush the enemy's head that when it comes to the issue of our faith, when it comes to the issue of salvation, this is not a game that we can lose. You've already won. You've won the battle. And, and, and we have already overcome the world by our faith. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Those of us who confess Christ Jesus as Lord and believe in our hearts that you raised him from the dead, our names are in the Lamb's book of life. But Father, you have work for us to do here on this earth because there are still many whose names aren't in the Lamb's book of life whom you're working on. And, and you're wanting your 
church, your bride, your body to partner with you, Father God, and you're going to need us able to hear you direct us to those who are ready to be harvested for the kingdom. And so, Father God, I just pray that you convict us that way, Father, that, 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 that we see how critically important it is for us to be disciplined in the area of prayer and in the area of your word that we might know the truth and we might know the voice of our Lord when our Lord is speaking to us and directing us to do certain things and to speak to certain people and to say what needs to be said that we can do it knowing full well that we're hearing from the Lord. And we can do it in faith knowing that kingdom work and kingdom purposes are being accomplished. It doesn't matter how great or small what you're asking us to do is perceived to be. What matters is that you said it. We know your voice and we act on it. And by faith, we trust that your will is going to be done. And that we can praise you for the part that we played in it, Father God. So, Father, I pray that we are convicted to become disciplined in those areas. That we might be able to listen to you. Speak to us in all manner of situations. That we will be slow to speak, slow to anger, but quick to incline our ears to the Spirit of God and what you're saying. The den won't be too noisy for us because we have practiced, we have disciplined ourselves through prayer and the study of your word, walking with you on a daily basis. We know your truth. We know your voice. May that be the case for all of us, Father. Teach us from where we're, each of us are at individually. Teach us how to, how to do those things and how to listen to you as you are working in our lives. We ask this humbly, Father God, in faith, in Jesus' name. Amen.